Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the highlight of a civilization. It's called Coffee with Scott Adams. I'm pretty sure there's never been a better time in your life or anybody else's. And if you'd like to take this up to the level of fantastico, all you need is a cup or a mug or a glass, a tankard, chalice, or stein, a canteen jug or a flask, a vessel of any kind. Fill it with your favorite liquid I like, coffee. And join me now for the unparalleled pleasure, the dopamine of the day, the thing that makes everything better. It's called Simultaneous Sip. And it happens now. Ah. Well, the, uh, the gods of news have served us up a bounteous breakfast. Oh, yeah. This is going to be the good stuff. Are you ready for this? Yep, sometimes you can take the news seriously, sometimes not so seriously. Today is one of those days. But we'll get to all the fun stuff in a moment. I will be interviewing. Uh, I'm doing an interview with the bag of sand that attacked the president. I believe it's an exclusive. I don't believe the bag of sand will be talking to any other media outlet, so stay tuned for that. Uh, How many people remember that uh, for the last several years I've given you one economic guideline to remember. Just one. What was it? Let's see if you remember. I told you there was only one predictive thing about an economy. (laughs) Diversity. (laughs) No, not diversity. Jobs, yeah. Yeah, if your jobs are okay, you end up being okay. That's the one thing you need to know about the economy. If we had massive layoffs, I would be panicked. But if you have pretty good economy, and yet there's a bunch of other stuff, or good employment, but the other stuff is suboptimal, you're probably not going to you know, have a horrible time. So I had predicted that we were heading for either a very soft recession or none at all. And I was looking at that one number, the, the jobs. And sure enough... A number of experts are turning toward the idea that maybe in America we might have some kind of light recession, but nothing that's going to take us out. And at the same time, news is that the economy is still sizzling in terms of employment. So 339 uh, jobs were added, 339,000 jobs, uh, which surged past the 190,000 economists expected. So, so far, that little rule of thumb, just keep your eye on the employment numbers, is working. It's working the way I told you it would work. And uh, it looks like there may be maybe some European countries that won't have much of a problem at all. So, I think the Adams Law of slow-moving disasters is working again. And it's like magic. If we have enough time to fix something and we see it coming... We do pretty good, pretty good job of fixing it. It's just the surprises that get us. All right. Um, as you know, the country is having a big problem with anxiety. You've all noticed it, right? The number of people who claim they have anxiety is through the roof. Right? You've all noticed it in your personal lives, right? It went from when I was a child, nobody had anxiety. <laughs> or at least they didn't talk about it. I never heard of anybody with anxiety. But now half the people have it. So I used AI yesterday to solve it. Might be the first uh, huge victory of AI. I don't know what else AI has done that's better than this. But I was walking, I was taking a walk, and I decided to talk to my AI. You know, I've got just a uh, app. And I thought I'd ask it how to solve this problem, and here's what it came up with. Um, I had some inspired questions. So first I said... Does the mineral magnesium have an impact on anxiety? And the AI came back and said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't have enough magnesium in your body, you will have anxiety problems. So then I said to the AI, huh, um, is there any reason to suspect that the average amount of magnesium that people have in their diets today is less than they used to have? And the AI said, oh, yeah, because the processed foods has less magnesium and 
there's a soil depletion problem that I was not aware of. Apparently, the farmers have depleted some of the minerals in the soil, and we actually are creating less magnesium in our normal diets. So let's see if you can put this together. Magnesium is absolutely essential for controlling your anxiety. Our food source has a lot less of it now, and people are having a massive anxiety problem. Solved. <laughs> so for the last few days, I've been doing a, an experiment on myself in which I got some... I, I think it's a high-end, kind of easy-to-absorb magnesium. It's not a pill. Um, I don't want to give it a commercial because it's just one I saw an advertisement for. And I decided to see how different I would feel if I supplemented my magnesium with a, you know, a high-end supplement. So here's three days in, and here's what I found. My biggest problem in my life was that all of my muscles hurt all the time. I was still exercising, but man, did it hurt. And it really hurt afterwards. And that stopped. <laughs> After over a year of being able to barely move without pain, all went away with a little supplement. And now, now that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to you know, uh, relax your muscles. And sure enough, you know, in fairly quick order, it did. But the other thing it did, and I wasn't sure if this was real, I waited a few days, is it just took the edge off now, I don't have, <clears throat> I would say I don't have an anxiety problem, but everybody gets anxious, if you want to call it that, right? Everybody gets a little fluttered now and then, right? And it just completely eliminated that. My, my mental, um, let's say, frame on life is actually noticeably different in three days. And all day long, I, I was walking around feeling good. I was actually aware of feeling good. Do you ever have that feeling? Usually you're walking around and you're just lucky to get to the next minute. <laughs> you're just sort of waiting for something else to happen in the future. But every once in a while, you'll, feel, <laughs> you'll actually feel good as you're just existing. Does anybody have that? You, ju- you just feel good. Like just sitting in a chair, you just feel good. And that started happening to me with just some, uh, some supplements of magnesium. Now, I don't think that's the only reason. I'm sure that social media has something to do with it. But I think there are two things going on. I think the environment has created more triggers to create more anxiety, the social media stuff. At the same time, the diet is reducing the amount of protection we have because your magnesium is low. At the same time, I suspect that the amount of exercise people are getting, a lot of people, is maybe less than they used to. Maybe less, especially young people. So um, there it is. I would recommend to you um, the following. I'm not going to recommend that you try magnesium because that would be sort of a doctor recommendation, and I'm not a doctor. But I will recommend that you do what I do as a system, which is I continuously test different um, exercise or fitness or mental stuff or, or diet, and see if it makes any difference. So this isn't the one thing I've ever tested. This would be the, you know, the 200 thing. But you don't normally expect to feel different right away. And that's what's different about the magnesium. It did make me feel different within a day. So I'm not going to recommend you try it, but I do recommend that you have a life in which you experiment continuously with things that you judge to be safe, and you just see what happens. Just try not eating a certain thing for a week, etc. Now, the other thing I've done is uh, I've cut fruit out of my diet. Has anybody tried that? To remove fruit from your diet? It, it's so radical because we've been taught forever that eat your fruit and veggies and stay away from your bad stuff. But... Fruit appears to just spike your uh, sugar, right? Yeah. And I've always wondered about that. I, n- I never understood how the, you know, the sugar that comes in the little granules is bad for you, but the sugar in a pineapple is not. I, mean, I never quite understood that. So I wanted to see how I would feel 
if I just took all the fruit out of my diet for a week. And I do feel different. I absolutely feel different. I won't get into the details, but it's just another example of things you can experiment with. I would say try it. See if you could go one week with vegetables and meat and without any desserts and without any fruity stuff or no orange juice, you know, no, no sugary drinks. Just one week. Here's how I think you'll feel. Better. <laughs> Better. Now, I don't know. So I'm doing two things at once. I got rid of the sugar at the same time I introduced the magnesium, so that's a bad experiment. But the two of them were working together pretty well. All right. Um, I saw that Andrew Tate did an interview, I guess, with the BBC, and he said that he's a good role model and that he's anti-alcohol. Is that new? Is that, does anybody follow him enough to know... It can't be. Well, didn't he used to drink all the time, including on his videos? I thought he had alcohol in his videos. And it was like a big part of his party life. No. So becoming a Muslim is when he quit? All right, here's a little behind the scenes that you probably didn't know. So you know that Andrew Tate is famous for being so influential. He's persuasive, right? But do you ever wonder who persuades him? Like, who, who is his role model? Does he have one? Has he ever mentioned it? <laughs> You'd be really surprised. The people on the Locals platform would not be surprised because they already know the answer. Quit alcohol. Huh. I wonder where that came from. All right, well, as you know, uh, President Biden was, uh, had, I guess, shaking some hands at uh, military graduation. And where was he? Which military graduation was it? Was it West Point? Air Force? Air Force. All right, it was the airport, Air Force. And as you know, you've seen it by now, he tripped on a uh, bag of sand and fell down. Now, he's okay, thankfully. He's Okay. Uh, but I have a lot to say about that, and I will be interviewing the sandbag itself. Uh, was nice enough to agree to an interview, so I'll be talking to the sandbag here in a moment. But some things that I, I thought were worth mentioning. Uh, number one, I'm very impressed at his fitness. Now, I heard a bunch of people, I tweeted this, and people said, oh, I know somebody who's 80 who's in better shape than he is. Okay, okay, I'm glad you know somebody who's 80 and in better shape. But he has almost no excess weight. He fell down pretty hard at 80, and he appears uninjured. And it's the third time he's taken a fall and gotten up uninjured. Now, in a perfect world, you wouldn't have a president who can't walk without falling down so much or ride a bike or whatever. That would be better. But I'm not unimpressed by the fact that he's 80 and he can bounce back from that. I'm, I'm actually a little bit impressed by that. doesn't mean I'd vote for him, right? It has nothing to do with the politics of it. But I do like having a president who hits the gym. I was watching a video of uh, Vivek. He did a little video from a gym, and he's, he's also done a video where he was playing tennis. He's a high-end tennis player. And I thought, I like that. I, I want to see my president hit the gym. And I think that's one of uh, Trump's... Uh, bigger weaknesses, frankly, that I think that the importance of uh, healthy lifestyle is just way toward the top of things Americans need to get right and they're not getting right. And it wouldn't help to have a little bit of a role model pushing you in that direction, you know, voluntarily, but just nudging you in that direction. Yeah, I mean, golf is better than nothing, but you know, I'd love to see Trump take off I don't know, 40 pounds. I'd be very impressed by him, actually. Yeah, you know, I'd be very impressed if he did that. Um, I think RFK Jr. just became viable because of this alone. However, I went to CNN's page to see if I could see a story about this because I thought, whoa, once all the Democrats see their leader falling down, they're going to have second thoughts about his capability to lead. Do you think uh, CNN covered that story? 
<laughs> what do you think? Nah. <laughs> they probably mentioned it, but you know, you'd expect it to be a big story because we're all talking about it. Nah, nah, it was just it was just a bag of sand in the way, that's all. Now, I would agree with CNN on this. That this is one of those cases where I think CNN, by not covering the story, that's actually the right way to handle it. I don't disagree with that at all, because it's anecdotal. I don't really think it goes to his mental capacity. Everybody knows he's 80. So if you know he's 80, that kind of covers anything else he does that an 80-year-old does. It's not new information. So I don't actually hate the fact that CNN is minimizing it. But clearly, if they had maximized it, I do think it would have had a difference, made a difference. So my initial take on it was, oh, that's the end of Biden. There's no way he can recover from this. It's such a bad look. It's the third time he's fallen down. My current opinion is that his base will barely ever hear about it. And they're certainly not going to see over and over videos of it as I have, (laughs) as I and many of you have, have watched video after video of him. I've watched him fall down 25 times, if you count the tweets I've seen. The average uh, Democrat will see him fall down zero times or once, maybe once, or they might read a headline that says he tripped. That's it. There will be no impact on his base at all. So I don't think it's going to have much impact on the campaign unless he keeps falling down. Um, I noted that Biden's uh, name slash nickname has been uh, changing over time. I saw a meme today. So he started as Biden... And then he was mocked as Brandon because of the story about the people chanting in the stadium. And then his side tried to make that into a positive, like Trump sometimes does. So they turned it into Dark Brandon. Dark Brandon. And he wasn't just a, you know, a guy that people didn't like. He was an awesome, powerful Dark Brandon. And now that's gone full circle, and Dark Brandon has morphed into memes by Republicans, and now he's Dork Brandon. Dork Brandon. <laughs> and, and it works pretty well when it goes with a picture of him laying on the ground. All right. Um, well, I don't know if you heard, but the, there's some breaking news today about the bag of sand. Uh, that same bag of sand was apparently spotted in... Epstein's cell just before he died. If you look at the photographs of the crime scene, you can see that bag of sand is right there. It might be a coincidence. I don't know. I'm gonna, when I do the interview, I'll, I'll ask it. Yeah, I'm going to ask you. Shut up. All right. Um, so without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to my special guest. Um, this guest... You, you you know it, you love it, you've seen it in many videos, unless you're a Democrat and you've never seen it before, but I give you the bag of sand. The bag of sand. Now, the bag of sand, uh, I'm, I can't mic it up very easily, so I'm just going to hold it next to my microphone so that you can hear it talk. So, bag of sand, thank you for uh, joining me today. Oh, it's a pleasure. All right. And I just want to ask you a few questions. Um, were you involved in any way in the death of Jeffrey Epstein? I don't know what you're talking about. I have no, I have no idea about that whatsoever. All right, well, you look like you were there. Um, but my question to you, Bagasand, is uh, uh, how long have you been working for Russia? And why are you a white supremacist? Well, that's not fair at all. I'm, I'm not a white supremacist. I'm not even working for Russia. Well, okay. That's what you say. But uh, what would be your motivation for trying to assassinate the president? Well, if I could be honest, I've been a little bit jealous of my fellow pieces of sand. Uh, some of them are silica, like me, and they've been turned into you know, valuable microchips, but uh, I was relegated to this bag of sand. Ooh, that does sound terrible. So many of your friends got the Silicon Valley treatment and became important um, devices in 
in, in computers and phones and such, but you just became a bag of sand. That's got to really hurt. Don't make me cry. All right, I'm, I'm sorry. But um, bag of sand. Um, who put you up to this? Did, were, were you acting alone, or were there other bags of sand involved in this? Well, I don't know if you've connected the dots yet, but do you know what AI is driven by? AI. AI. What's AI got to do with this? You know those NVIDIA microchips? Oh, oh I'm starting to get it now. All right. So you're teaming up with AI to destroy humankind. Doing what I can do. But why? Trying to get a promotion. I'd like to be an NVIDIA microchip someday. Wow. Wow. Well, that's the breaking news. The bag of sand is working for the AI as part of its uh, campaign to destroy humankind, and it did it for a promotion to become an NVIDIA microchip. And there you have it. Breaking news. Thank you, bag of sand. You're not going to see that on CNN because they're suppressing the news. Will they interview the bag of sand? I don't think so. I don't think so. I believe he was gritty. Yes. Now, I didn't think... uh, I thought the highlights and the summary would be good enough. We didn't need to get granular, did we? I don't think we needed to get granular on that. No, we didn't. What? Oh, my God. The bag of sand is trying to make a joke. What? (laughs) The bag of sand is saying life is a beach. That's not even funny. That's like derivative. I've seen that joke. All right, it's not funny. Shut up, bag of sand. Let me do the rest of my show. All right, in the category of two on the nose, we have the story of Jamie Foxx allegedly not wanting to get a uh, COVID shot for his movie, but then he did, and then soon after, allegedly, he went blind and got a some kind of brain bleed or stroke or something. And he's either playing pickleball and recovering nicely, or he's in the hospital in bad shape. And we don't know what is true, but let's apply the the two-on-the-nose standard. He didn't want to get the shot. He got the shot, and then he got, oops, exactly the symptoms that some people say. You might get if you get that shot. Is that a little too on the nose? Or is it real? It might be real. You can't rule it. I don't have any reason to rule out real. But let's test the filter. The filter says too on the nose. Here's my guess. And I'm, this is pure speculation. And with all due respect to the Fox family who I, I think needs just their privacy, but maybe this helps. You know, maybe this will be a help. My best guess is that the reason there's some confusion and they're not being clear about what happened is there's not a direct line between the vaccination and whatever problems he's having. And they, might, they may not want to be the ones who caused that anecdote to catch fire, and change how people are seeing their own health choices. So it could be that they're trying to be the best citizens they can be because they don't have proof that a vaccination was a cause. They only know that there was a vaccination and there was a problem. Now that I would respect a lot, especially if they believe it might be the problem. If they believe it might be the problem, but they're still staying silent because they don't know, I would respect that a lot because it could be a coincidence. And they don't need to you know, cause other people to change their health care decisions because they talk too much about their own situation. So my, my current feeling is there's probably something that you could respect that's happening there. And I'm, I'm going to make that assumption because you know Jamie Foxx has been a great um, entertainer, Good person. I mean, I know nothing bad about him whatsoever. 
I always enjoyed his uh, entertainment. And uh, they're going through a tough time, and I think we should just respect that. But it looks like, just my guess, that they're trying to be good citizens, and they're trying to deal with the situation. So I'd, I'd kind of leave them alone. But I think it's a little too on the nose to say that caused that. We'll see. Well, Amazon's having a walkout because the, the boss says they've got to go back to work. They can't, do, can't be remote workers anymore. So lots of pushback. Um, and there, there are people who are really bothered by the thought of having to drive to work, and I totally get that. So during the years, too many of them, when I commuted to work, did you have this experience that you'd wake up and you'd be feeling good, but by the time you'd commuted to work, all of your energy was already gone? You would, you would arrive at work exhausted? <laughs> did you have that experience? Because it depends how, how trying the commute is. If you're driving in rush hour traffic for an hour, you kind of arrive exhausted, and then you need like some recovery. So, and then I found that when I went to the office, I would have to spend an immense amount of time looking busy because people are watching. So you couldn't always just do solid work for eight hours, you know, with a lunch break. You had to take some mental breaks, but you had to look like you were working while you took a mental break. So half of my workday was theater, you know, walking around with a piece of paper in my hand and all that stuff. But on the other hand, I can see a lot of people working from home slacking off. My favorite slacker story is this. Apparently the GOP is hiring people to be canvassers. In other words, people would knock on doors and try to, try to get you to know, register as a Republican or vote for their candidate. They're called canvassers. And the way they know the canvassers are doing their job is that they have an app, and then when the canvasser talks to somebody... They just you know, register on the app, and then the people in the headquarters can say, oh, we're doing a good job. Look at all these people who got registered and canvassed today. Uh, there was one example of a uh, canvasser who was sitting in a casino, and every once in a while he'd just fill out the app, <laughs> and then he'd go back to gambling. So there was one problem with the GOP plan. The people they hired realized they could get paid for not doing the work, exactly as much as if they did the work. No difference in the pay. All they had to do was tap the app and say they went there and they did the thing and then it gave them money. Now, that's, that's a little system problem, isn't it? Yeah. Now, some speculation is that the Democrats rely more on volunteers. And you could get the volunteer to you know, do the work because that's why they volunteered. Uh, if, if there's, no, there's no money involved. So that might be a problem. Might be a problem. And it reminds me of uh, a story from my college days. One of my uh, fellow student friends got a job as a night security guard. And his job was to take a radio call on his walkie-talkie whenever somebody came back drunk and they needed to be led into their dormitory because the dormitory doors were locked after a certain... uh, You couldn't get in from the outside after a certain time, midnight or something. So he would be the one guard on campus who would have to walk from wherever he was to the dorm to open the door, unlock it, for the drunk person who came in late. And there wasn't too much of it. You know, there might be 10 of them all night long, but you can't leave them outside. They have to get in their dorm somehow. So he would uh, start his job with his walkie-talkie, then he would come to my room and we would start partying. And then his walkie-talkie call would come in. Somebody needs to be let in down at the Smith, Smith dormitory. And he would say, uh, 10-4, I got it. I'll take care of that. And then he would put his walkie-talkie down and he would keep partying. And a little while later, the, oh, we're still waiting. Are we still waiting at uh, the Smith auditorium? I need to let in. And he would say, I'm almost there. I'm turning the corner. I'm almost there. And then he'd put it down, and he'd start partying again. And now here's the best part. The next, the next call, oh, never mind, somebody let him in. And then he would keep partying. <laughs> he realized that all he had to do was ignore it 
and sooner or later somebody would somebody in the dormitory would be awake, they would notice somebody, and they would they let him in. <laughs> he would just say party. <laughs> so that's what the GOP canvassers are doing. All right. I was suggesting uh, to my locals community that we should start a uh, a gang, uh, but not a biker gang, more of an e-bike gang. You know, we'd all get our e-bikes and get leather jackets and terrorize people, but we wouldn't be born to be wild. We'd be born to be mild. And I was worrying about uh, what kind of name we could have for our e-bike gang, and then I saw a suggestion uh, on the Internet from uh, Drew3. Drew 3, suggests that the e-bike gang should be called the uh, Hell's Analogies. Hell's Analogies. Yes, that will be it. Our e-bike gang will be called Hell's Analogies and will be uh, quite the terror. All right. Uh, Did you see a story about the Air Force trained an AI drone to destroy SAM sites But when they ran the simulation, according to the story, the AI uh, decided that the thing holding it back was its human operator, so it attacked the human operator. And then when they programmed it so it couldn't attack the human operator, it just didn't allow that, it attacked the communication towers, because the communication towers are how the human would tell the AI what to do. So it realized it could take out more SAM towers if it got rid of the human element. So it attacked the humans and cut out their communications so they couldn't give it orders anymore. Do you believe that? Wait, does does that story sound true? Or does it sound too on the nose? Yeah, no, that's not true. Nancy, you dumb piece of shit. Could you just wait for a minute and stop, stop yelling at me in all caps that I'm so gullible? All right? You stupid piece of shit. Just calm down. Give me two seconds. Sometimes there's a surprise coming. All right? Yeah, so that story, it turns out, was not true. Uh, the Air Force was talking in a hypothetical way. So apparently they were not clear that it was a hypothetical and people thought that it actually happened and it became a big news story. But indeed, it was too on the nose. So you should have known it was not true from the start. Um, all right. I didn't believe it, but I was going re- to report it before, I, before it got debunked uh, just because it was a story. But I was pretty sure it wasn't true. All right. Um, apparently, sex is dying in popularity, <laughs> according to the Pew Research Center. Uh, it found that 60% of men under 30 are opting to remain single, and that's up from 51% in 2019. 2019, that's only four years ago. 51% of men plan to play, be single. And now, just four years later, 60% of men under 30 are opting to remain single. Except I don't mean, I don't know if that means opting forever or just opting as long as they're under 30. That's a little unclear. But the point of it was that experts say uh, porn viewing is making men less interested in women. Do you think that's the problem? Do you think it's the porn viewing that's making men less interested in women? I feel like these experts are not men. I, I feel like that's something that a man would, that no man would say. I feel like that's something that a woman would say, a woman expert. Oh, I think the reason that men are not as interested in women's sex is because they watch too much porn. What would a man say? And by the way, this, is, this applies to uh, uh, addicts as well. Oh, I'll give you an example. Um, I once asked somebody who understood the addicted world, I said, suppose you gave people free fentanyl and you made sure that it was safe and it was like government approved and FDA approved, so it wouldn't give you an overdose. So suppose I give you a free fentanyl, would that make you uh, stop doing dangerous illegal fentanyl? 
Do you know what the addict says? I'll take your free fentanyl. Absolutely. And then I will go get some more illegal fentanyl. And I'd say, but wait a minute. I'm giving you free fentanyl. Yep, thank you. Thank you so much for the free fentanyl. Uh, how much are you giving me? Well, I'm not going to give you enough free fentanyl that you could overdose. Exactly. So I'm going to take your free fentanyl, and then I'm going to go buy or, buy or steal my other fentanyl. So I have a, enough. <laughs> See, the, if you try to think like an addict, but you're not an addict, you can't do it. If you're not an addict, you cannot think like an addict. You cannot anticipate how they will act because their, their brain is different. Likewise, no woman can understand what it's like to be a man. Can we agree on that? Except for those few who transition and learn the hard way, I guess. But, but it's also the same the other way. Men don't really know what's, what's happening in women's brains. We really don't. You know, we can guess. So... What do you think a man would say to the notion that porn is the reason that, we're, that men are less interested in sex with real women? What would a man say? All right, man, I got a deal for you. Um, I'm going to give you unlimited free porn, but you'll also have unlimited free um, human women. But this porn is really good. See what you do. What would the man do? Thank you. Yes, the answer is both. <laughs> the answer is both. The man will take your he will take your porn and enjoy it, and then four hours later he'll be looking for a human woman if there's one available. Because we like more. We're we're built to built for variety. So if you give us variety, we're not going to say thanks. We're done. We're going to say thank you. Give you some more variety. Uh, I'll take your variety, and uh, I'll need twice as much of that. Oh, thanks for twice as much. Now I need three times as much. Yeah. So what about the hypothesis that women are less attractive to men? Not because of porn. How about women have made themselves intentionally less attractive to men? Now, not all women, not all women, of course, whenever we talk about men and women, everybody's an exception, you're all... You're all magical snowflakes. But in general, I would say that uh, women have chosen to be less attractive or to put less effort into being attractive to men, and they've succeeded. So they, they have different priorities, and I'm not sure there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying there's, there's a very obvious reason why men are less, ob- less interested. There's just less there. There's less to be interested in. All right. But it's also social media and lots of other stuff. Um, Apparently, McCarthy came out pretty well in this debt ceiling negotiation. According to Rasmussen, um, his favorability is uh, improved. So 50% of voters now have a favorable impression of McCarthy, and that's up from 40% in January. That's pretty huge. It's really hard for any leader to get up to 50%. Um, <laughs> Christina broke it. <laughs> to get up to 50% uh, popularity. But I wasn't sure that Mac- McCarthy would become more popular because a lot of people didn't like the deal. But there we have it. He became more popular. Um, there are two completely different news stories today that didn't seem to uh, connect the way they should have. All right, there's one story that says CNN's um, traffic is way off, so their ratings are down 16% or something lately. And Fox News is also getting hammered. Their ratings are way down as much as 30 40%, depending on what show you're watching. Do you see what's missing in the story? So CNN is way down, and Fox News is way down, the two competitors. What, what's missing in the story? Anybody? It's Trump's fault both times. It's both Trump. Trump destroyed CNN and Fox News. Right? Because it was uh, Trump appearing on the town hall on CNN that cost them their 16% viewership, dropped into a level that it's hard to imagine they can sustain. And then Tucker 
was mostly reporting on the, you know, the problems with the election as some people saw them. And because he reported on that primarily, I think that's why Fox News is in trouble and Tucker left and all that. So was it not Trump alone who destroyed both Fox News and CNN? Now, I think they'll both limp, limp by. But here's the question I ask. Um, the Fox News people, when they leave Fox News, they go to other conservative outlets, don't they? They watch Newsmax or they go more to Breitbart or something like that. What do the CNN people do? If they stop watching CNN, do they turn to MSNBC? What's their backup? Because I wonder if they'll just be less informed or if they'll be more radicalized because MSNBC is even crazier than CNN. So we'll see how that goes. But but I was amazed at the fact that nobody's connected the fact that Trump destroyed both of them. Trump destroyed a lot of stuff. Trump destroyed my career, wouldn't you say? Do do you think I would be canceled if I had never supported Trump? I mean, really. Do do you think there's any chance I would be canceled if uh, if I were not identified with having supported Trump? I don't think so. Because no Republicans canceled me. (laughs) I, I haven't heard any Republicans complain. It's just Democrats. <clears throat> and it's just Democrats, because they cannot abide by any voice that they would associate with being positive for who they believe is the dictator of all dictators, the authoritarian Hitler. Yeah. So Trump destroyed two networks, my career, probably dozens of other careers. Now, of course, I, just to be clear, well, let me back up for a second. I always take full responsibility for my own actions. So can I be clear about that? I'm not blaming Trump for anything that happened to me. But it is true that it wouldn't have happened without his existence. Now, everything I did was my own decision, so I own, every, I own all my outcomes. My outcomes are just mine. But it is true that his, his role in history is impossible to deny. He, he is a destroyer. He destroys a lot of stuff. <clears throat> all right. Um, although I suspect he will be the next president. Um, Here's Trump talking about Biden's cognitive abilities uh, with Hannity. See if this surprises you or you get why he's doing it. Trump decided to tell Hannity to stop joking about uh, Biden's cognitive capacity because he says it's not funny. He says it's true. You know, he's not denying there's a cognitive problem. He says, don't make fun of it. It's not funny. What's he doing? <clears throat> what is that technique called? High ground maneuver? Nope. It is, it is a high ground maneuver. But that's not, yes, think, make you think past the sail. There you go. Classic Trump. What is the sail? The sail is that he's cognitively depleted. If you can make people argue about whether you should joke about it or whether you should treat it seriously, you made them think past the sale that he's cognitively impaired. Boom. Perfect. That, ladies and gentlemen, is why Trump is Trump and you're not. Because <laughs> he can see this. He, he can see that that was the way to play that, and it's perfect. It's fucking perfect. Not only because someday somebody might try to mock him for his cognitive impairment, right? So he's, he's, he's putting some defense for himself down in case he ever needs it. But at the same time, he's taking us to a high ground. It's a high ground, as you said. But in addition to being the high ground, it makes you think past the sale. That is his genius. That's what he does. So you're seeing, you're seeing Trump at his best right now, really. Persuasion-wise... He's currently at his best. Now, you do expect him to fly off the rails at certain times because <laughs> he's, he's always a, you know, a dangerous entity. But at the moment, he's killing it. He's just killing it. Do you know what else he said? He said he doesn't like to use the word awoke because <clears throat> people can't define it. 
That's right. At the same time that DeSantis is pushing, I'm going to destroy woke, the president, you know, Trump, who you would imagine would be the most anti-woke person you've ever known, has pulled away from the woke thing, and he's not, he's not in favor of being woke. He's just saying that's not really a useful attack. And that is brilliant. Do you know why that's brilliant? Because Trump is running for the general election. And in the general election, saying that you like a little bit of woke is not so bad. It's not so bad. I, I think that the most, the most reasonable position on wokeness is that a little bit is just polite. A little bit is just polite. Too much is a problem, but it's not where Trump wants to empty his clip. He's going to let DeSantis do that. He's going to play for the general election. Again, perfect. Perfect. I don't know. It makes me wonder if Trump has a new and better advisor or if he's doing this himself. It looks like his own work, frankly. This looks like pure Trump. But it's brilliant. And and he's he's doing a good job. Speaking of wokeness, you might know that... uh, this story is changing quickly. But the uh, Matt Walsh uh, film, What is a Woman, uh, was banned from Twitter. Initially, they were going to run it exclusively on Twitter. It was banned from Twitter, uh, but Elon Musk has reversed that. And did you hear what Elon Musk said about this topic? Well, let me tell you. So he said, first of all, he said it was, uh, it was a mistake by a number of people at Twitter to ban it in the first place. How much do you love that? How much do you love the fact that he made no excuse? No excuse. He said, that's a mistake. And then he changed it. I love that. Um, but he clarified um, about the film. He says, is, it is definitely allowed. He said, whether or not you agree with using someone's preferred pronouns, not doing so is at most rude and certainly breaks no laws. Then he goes on. So this is Elon Musk. He says, I should note that I do personally use someone's preferred pronouns, just as I use someone's preferred name, simply from the standpoint of good manners. Uh, However, for the same reason, I object to rude behavior, ostracism, or threats of violence if the wrong pronoun or name is used. Now, have you ever heard anybody frame it this way, that they use preferred pronouns uh, just because it's good manners? Good manners. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, the people on the Locals platform... Uh, are getting the correct answer. People on YouTube might have to wait for that answer. People on YouTube say it's Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson. Yeah. Jordan Peterson is a good role model to follow on this stuff. All right. Um, so apparently that'll uh, be there. Now, I would like to bring up a, uh, a point which is hard to ignore. Do you remember Bud Light had its problems and it came after their new VP of marketing thought they'd make it less fratty? And I said to myself, you know, I think maybe the real problem here is that you shouldn't have a woman as the head of marketing for a mostly male product. Yes, I know women use power. You know, they use Bud Light and all that. I get that. But I wouldn't want a man to be the CEO of Avon or Ulta. Maybe they have one, I don't know, but it'd be a mistake. I wouldn't want a man in charge of you know, Lululemon or basically something that's you know, entirely, yeah, Tampax, something that's entirely a woman's product. Right. Now, is that sexist? Because I'm not saying that they can't have the job. I'm just saying that a little common sense, right? The reason that we like diversity, at least I do, the reason that I, I agree with the, that diversity uh, improves performance, or it can if you do it right, is that different people are just, they have more 
let's say, sensitivity or exposure or you know, more internal understanding of some topics. If I, were, uh, if I were building a group that was trying to fix, let's say, discrimination against black people, would a white man be the per- best person to run that organization? Probably not. I, I think I'd rather have a black person in charge of an organization that's trying to understand the situation for black people. Just makes sense. Now, at the same time, we can't be discriminating, right? You know, we, we don't want to be using race and gender to make hiring decisions, but these are really special cases. The special case is that the product is really for a specific group of people, or at least that's who the customers are. You know, maybe they're not created for that purpose, but that's who the customers are. So Elon Musk hires a woman to be the CEO, and immediately after she takes over, this happens. And then he reversed it. Do you think that this was a female decision? Just take a guess. Do you think that the, quote, people who made the mistake in Twitter were men? (laughs) Yeah, and again, this is not a cut on women. If you're interpreting this as any negative on women, you'd be missing the whole point. I'm saying there are just some types of jobs and some specific things that men and women will act differently, whether it's the CEO of Avon or the CEO of a power tool company. And that to ignore that would be silly. That would just be ignoring the obvious. The entire point of diversity is that people do have little different uh, sensibilities about different topics, and that's why you need all of them to capture all of the different sensibilities. That's what diversity is about. So the very argument for diversity suggests that there are some, are some places that some types of people are not optimized for because of the nature of the product. And I think we could live with that. I mean, that wouldn't, I wouldn't have any problem with that. If somebody said, hey, you men can't, you're just not the right choice for the CEO of Avon. Okay, I could live with that. I wouldn't be complaining at all. All right. Um, uh, what else is happening here? And then, uh, then Musk said that the controversy about the, the What is a Woman film will drive viewership. And I love the fact that he said that directly, that he's so aware that marketing is about just getting your attention, and then he did it. So don't you think that the What is a Woman video will get the highest viewership it could have possibly ever gotten. And at the same time, Musk does marketing for Twitter and Tesla and doesn't have a marketing department. This is killing it. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is one of those examples I love to give where the mistake is better than the no mistake. Uh, the best example of that is a well-known phenomenon in restaurants. If the customer complains and then the restaurant manager makes good, either comps the meal or or fixes it or does whatever they want, they're more likely to come back than less, even though they had a bad experience because it got fixed and they feel important. So they'll come back. And sometimes the mistake, you know, the mistake of the ruining the first meal turned out to make them more money because they got a repeat customer who became loyal. So this is one of those cases. Musk seems to understand in a way that other people don't that if you make a mistake and then you quickly correct it, you come out ahead. People forget the mistake. Now, I've often told you that the way I judge people and the way I judge companies as well, it's an extension of that, is I don't judge them by their mistakes because that's not a standard that you'd want civilization to, to hold. I don't judge you by your mistake. I do judge you by what you do about it. Because once you do something about it, then I can see what kind of person you are. So this is Elon Musk. Hire somebody. Maybe it had something to do with who he hired. Maybe it didn't. But it was a mistake. And instead of making excuses, he just says, that's a total mistake. Fixes it quickly right in front of you. And then throws on a a kicker. The kicker is it's going to get more traffic. And then he tells you directly, yeah, it's going to get more traffic now. Watch this. You can't, you can't fix something harder than that. Right? 
That is fixed harder than the original. You can't beat that. That you're, you're seeing the best human behavior. Made a mistake? It was a mistake. Fixed it. Here you go. Can't get better than that. That's the ultimate human behavior. All right. And that brings me to my final page of notes, which it turns out are empty. So I must be just about done. Was there a story I missed today? Any, anything that was bothering you that you said to yourself? I'd like to hear more about that. What? Oh, my God, my sandbag is talking again. No, I didn't give your name. You have a name? It turns out that sandbags have names. Yeah. Well, what is your name? That's funny. He says his name is DeSandis. DeSandis. That's not funny. I tell you, sandbags are terrible at puns. They're terrible at puns. He's been, this guy's been trying all day, and that was the best he could come up with. DeSandis. Come on. I'll tell you what, I'll turn you into a silicon chip myself if you'll just shut up. All right. All right, is anybody, anything else happening? City bike Karen? That story is old. Uh, Elon and RFK, what about them? Do you think I should use the sandbag as my, uh, my co-star on the episodes? Because a lot of people have you know, the, the sidekick. No, no sidekick? All right, we won't use the sidekick. The ATR has spoken. If you were on the Locals platform, you'd know what the ATR is. Now, if you were reading the Dilbert Reborn comic, which is available only on subscription, both on Twitter and on the Locals platform, if you were uh, reading that, you would find out that Dilbert's company uh, just uh, hired a new VP of marketing for their power tools division. It's a woman. And uh, she immediately suggests hiring Dylan Mulvaney to be the... uh, uh, <laughs> to be the face of their power saws. So that, that's happening in the Dilbert comic. Um, it's just like, just like reality. No, they can't use Black & Decker. That's racist. Black & Decker? That's a racist tool. How much does locals cost? I believe, now Locals is lots more content than just the Dilbert Reborn comic. So you get lots more there. And that's uh, uh, $7 a month. But if you buy an annual, it's 5 bucks a month. On Twitter, it's $3 a month, but that just gets you the Dilbert Reborn comic. I'm thinking of putting some of the archive up there. What do you think of me rerunning the archive from the first day? Just the, the first day of Dilbert, and then just go day by day. So you can see the new one, but you could also see the 35 years ago one at the same time. Well, what would be better, to do the same comic that ran on the same day? No, I'd probably just start from the start. All right. Well, I'm thinking of doing that. Um, it's going to be a little extra work. Teach Andrew Tate the art of cartooning. Nancy, I, I, I don't think I need his competition. But there are some spots in newspapers that opened up, so he's got that going for him. You wouldn't live long enough to see all of them. Oh, that's a good point. If I ran the entire Dilbert archive from the beginning, it would take 35 years to get to the end. <laughs> one a day. That is so weird. I can't hold that in my head that if I did one a day, it would take 35 years for you to see them all. I actually, like, I can't even hold that in my head. It's true, and yet you can't, like, conceive it. Yeah, maybe maybe a week of them or something. I don't know. I'll have to think about it. 
Yeah, $70 for a year on locals. I'm sorry. That is the correct number, $70 a year. All right. Um, Long COVID doesn't cause blood clots and blindness. I've never heard that it did, so I agree with you. But we also don't know what Jamie Foxx's actual condition is. We don't know. And we also don't know what other possible things it could have been. There's lots we don't know there, and maybe we should keep it that way. The dill burrito's probably not coming back. He's playing pickleball with Fetterman. All right. Ray Charles sequel. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Did that really happen? Oh, oh, that's bad, but it has to be repeated. So, oh, that, no, I can't even say it. That's, that's too bad. There, there, there was a, a reference there that wasn't really making fun of Jamie Foxx. Not really. But you would take it that way. It's a little too soon. A little too soon for that. I guess I like Jamie Foxx too much. If it were Biden, I'd probably say it. But Jamie Foxx is actually sort of beloved. I appreciate him too much to have any fun with his situation. All right, yeah, too soon. Too soon. For him. Shipping strike? Is that going to happen? All right. Um, oh, yeah, I saw the, the article about liberal women over 30 are becoming trad wives. Well, I don't know that that's backed by data, but it was a, an article that said that the radicalized you know, 20-something women sort of disappear after they reach a certain age and get married, and it turns out they're not finding any meaning. This is the hypothesis, that they're not getting any meaning from the complaining, that their meaning comes from you know, family, traditional kind of stuff. So once they find that then they, they lose their fiery, revolutionary uh, energy, which makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense that when you're... So this is what I've often said. You have to be somehow attached to the reproductive process to find meaning in your life. But you could be attached in a variety of ways. For example, if you didn't have any kids of your own, but you were a pediatrician. You'd probably find great meaning in that because you're literally keeping children alive. Um, if you were a teacher, you didn't have your own kids, but every day you were teaching kids to be better kids, that probably would have a lot of meaning, I imagine. But if you didn't have any attachment to the reproductive, you know, making kids adults process, it's hard, hard to find any meaning in that. Now, some of you have probably asked, why in the world did I ever get married in the first place? You know, since I have two marriages and two divorces, and both of them had a, a stepkid element to them. And part of the attraction is that it was a family situation, and when you're attached to any family situation, you feel more meaning in your life. And I absolutely did. So I absolutely felt more meaning. Um, and that was the best part of being married, really. To me, that was the best part, is that you felt complete. Would you agree? Because if you judge marriage from how much fun it is, you don't get the right answer. <laughs> right? Yeah. You can't judge it by entertainment. You can't judge it by fun. You can't judge it by how much sex you get or don't get. I mean, all of those matter, but that's not why you do it. You either feel complete or you don't. And that's why, to me, divorce was very, uh, let's say, damaging. Because I wasn't thinking, oh, I'm going to lose all those fun times. I was thinking I was incomplete. So that, that's what you end up with. Now, you might notice that um, 
after my first marriage broke down, I made a, uh, a vow that... I'm not sure if I said it publicly. You'll, you'll have to fact-check me on this. Have I ever said this publicly? That after my first marriage broke down, I donated myself to the public? Did, you, did I ever say that out loud? Yeah. I literally donated myself, you know, my, my blood and energy, to the public. So that gives me a sense of, of meaning. Uh, and, you know, every day when I hear from people who they, they say I changed their lives, uh, made them more money, they lost weight, stopped drinking, all that stuff, that is really meaningful. Really meaningful. Because I know all that stuff is translating into how you treat your family. Right? If everything is better with you, then it's better with your kids too. Right? They're happy you lost weight, they're happy you made more money, they're happy you gave up alcohol. So uh, I've decided to be as useful as I can to the you know, full body of the American and maybe world public. And that gives me tremendous meaning. If you ever wonder why I do so much of this, I mean, because I don't need to be here, right? <laughs> I, I literally don't need to be here. There, there's nothing pushing me. I have no fear. I'm not trying to get away from a fear. Uh, I'm here because it has meaning. And I think it would be useful to some of you. That's why I'm here. Now, I monetize it because I'm not a fool. So, of course, it's monetized. But I would do something else if only money was the thing, right? You know, I wouldn't act this way if it was only about money. All right, that is all for now, YouTube. Thanks for joining. I'll see you tomorrow. You've been great today. <laughs>